Michigan hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and also, of course, on the Hockey Podcast Network. I thank each and every one of you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today with the sun shining. Finally get some sun in these, <laughs> in these neck of the woods and all that after last week's dreary... Uh, <laughs> Overall, everything. Dreary performance, dreary weather. Even though it was warmer, it was very dreary, so you couldn't enjoy it or anything. Um, and yeah, the Minnesota Wild, well, just two games to review, one game to preview. Two games that against, you know, well, Nashville has a better record than the Wild. And the Wild had moved what was into like two points, or you know, four points than the Nashville Predators could have moved within two. And then blew that game. Unfortunately, it won nothing lead in the third period. And then, of course, blew the infamous 3-1 to one lead against the Anaheim Ducks a couple of days later. Then we will be previewing the Chicago Blackhawks. So I'll lose that one. I don't know. But at the end of the day, it doesn't, does it all really matter? I'm not sure. But regardless, 0-2 last week. So it basically is what it is. You're not hearing me being pissed off. You're not even hearing any really surprise from me at all. You know, I mean, did you really expect much more, I guess, at the at the end of the day? I know it's kind of a lame, defeatist kind of attitude and maybe that sarcastic attitude that a lot of Minnesota fans have. That, that gets old, too. So I won't try to go into that kind of attitude. But it's more or less, it's just, I don't know. It's That's just kind of the pattern of the wild. Like, maybe they get a little closer. You start getting kind of, kind of getting your hopes up when you probably shouldn't. And you get a painful reminder of, yeah, this is not a playoff team. And why even mess with it anymore? So we're going to look at those games. We're going to just kind of continue into topics, just wild topics as we conversate here, generally speaking, kind of during, it's going to be like kind of the combination of, of like game reviews and topics, basically, which is kind of what we've been doing anyway, but you know, maybe more, a slightly more topical show in this one, because, well, there's only two games to review and such. Um, Jewel Erickson Eck would open up the scoring in the second period again after a back and forth first period opportunities, but stops and all that. So at least <laughs> there was some <laughs> Good play defensively for Minnesota at the end of the day. Uh, 21st goal of the year by Jules Eriksson helping the power play, so that was always a good thing. Wild penalty kill did something right. Ryan O'Reilly looked spectacular with his passing skills, so good for him. Uh, Matt Boldy would finally make it 3-2. to two. Unfortunately, the Wild would throw fall behind 3-1, to one, pardon me, in the third period. It was just kind of, again, like, yay, we're up one nothing in the third, but is that going to mean anything in just a few minutes? Unfortunately, no, it really didn't, <laughs> as things would change very dramatically, of course. Matt Boldy would score and give the Wild a little bit of hope with, uh, you know, like about three, you know, about th- almost four minutes remaining, so you still have a shot at it, but unfortunately, all the attempts the Wild would have would wind up coming up empty, and you have a 3-2 to two loss to the National Predators, and again, just, is it overly surprising? Not necessarily. The Wild have lost to Nashville 100 million times, it feels like, uh, over the years, and I don't know. They're they're a little bit better team. It just kind of is what it is. You wouldn't want to come into the season saying that, but well, maybe you would. I mean, there's obviously good players up and down the lineup, especially Ryan O'Reilly, of course. Yeah, the goaltender obviously solid, and UC Soros might be better than anybody the Wild have other than Kaprizov. So, well, UC Soros is the goaltender, of course. I'm I'm thinking about Roman Yossi. I don't know why I'm getting those guys mixed up. I'm insane and weird. But uh, Brock Faber, again, our best defenseman already. Yeah, already. And that's going to be one of the topics here in a second. I'll get to it randomly here <laughs> momentarily <clears throat> with another assist in this one from Brock Faber. He's Mr. Do-Everything 
for the Minnesota Wild. Kirill Kaprizov with a couple of assists in the game. But overall, was this fun to watch? Not really. Uh, Gustafson in the net, and unfortunately, you know, would have to take on all three of the goals. Keeping his goals against average at a frustrating, you know, three-plus save percentage, 89% in this game. Saros only giving up two goals and continuing to be, you know, one of the better goalies in the league as he generally is most of the time, even though maybe he's not having that spectacular of a season. But, ah, well, the Predators win the game, bottom line, and that's frustrating and sad, but, again, not overly surprising. Again, I might have a little bit of a nonchalant uh, point of view of this, and do you blame me at this point? The Anaheim game was probably more frustrating than this one, even though this one, again, it's just further proof that we're not going anywhere, and the Anaheim game is like a stamp on we're not going anywhere. Anaheim actually only four games behind the Wild after this, uh, kind of, I don't know, I guess it's a bunch of things, it's not really games, it's points and stuff, but it's more, than, it's more points than four points. Uh, John Merrill would get his second goal of the year on a tip, and he actually said he didn't tip it, so that's kind of funny, he actually didn't even want credit for it, because he probably figured it didn't touch him, didn't want to take it away from Zuccarillo, I guess, so that's nice. Uh, Zuccarillo, that counts as an assist. <laughs> that made things 2-1 to one at the time. Kirill Kaprizov, a very nice pass, or a very nice goal anyway. Uh, Zuccarillo, kind of a cross-ice pass, as they might say. And Kaprizov with the one-timer, a la Ovechkin style, with his 19th goal of the year. I don't know. I mean, I like seeing Kaprizov wearing the A, obviously. You can see a little bit... Yeah, there's like a different vibe with him when he scores goals now. Um, he's already, uh, he's, I mean, he always was congratulating and thanking his teammates, but it seems like more and more kind of encouraging his teammates after goals, like, good job, Pat, good job on that, or whatever, you know, you could kind of see, you could kind of read his lips a little bit, so, I like it, because, you know, obviously, it's it's different, you know, he's, he's, he's probably becoming more and more comfortable in his shoes as an alternate captain, so that's always encouraging, as long as we can re-sign him, as, uh, yeah, the Wild would end up blowing... A three to one lead. It could have been three to one or four to one at one point, but a goal was disallowed because of an offsides that might have been offsides by about a millimeter, if that. It was about as close as it could possibly get. I don't know. I mean, it's, that was frustrating. And yeah, I mean, the Wild probably would have won the game if that goal was allowed, but I have no idea. Maybe not. Wild would end up giving up two goals at the end of the day. Oh, it wasn't. Yeah, we never we never did make it three to one. That's the whole point. So Wild ended up losing 3-2, to two, of course. That goal was disallowed, which was insanely frustrating. Of course, getting mixed up in the head because of the two different games being kind of similar. In fact, they were very similar in a lot of ways. Uh, this one, though, the Wild were up one nothing, and then 2-1, to one, and then ultimately blow it in the third period. We have a, you know, we, we hung on for a whole period in the second, but then Ryan Strom and Troy Terry would score late in this one. Um, mm, yep, Troy Terry would score twice in the game. Yep, he was the one that tied it up, and then the one that put the uh, Ducks ahead. Ryan Hartman, Hartman taking one for the team. As Troy Terry would kind of go on the break a bit, Hartman would catch up and be in position to block the shot off his ankle. Um, yes, that had to suck. Off his ankle, Troy Terry, and then... Uh, <laughs> And then the puck went right back to Terry, and he would score. So there was really nothing Hartman could do. He was laying on the ice and insane amount of pain. Hopefully he's okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully he's okay, of course. But, um, unfortunately, again, Troy Terry would finish on the, on the goal, and that would end up being the game winner about nine minutes later, eight and a half minutes later, whatever the heck you want to say. So 
that's the game reviews, yay. I mean, it's just, again, I'm not going to go heavy into detail, and there's really, I don't know, are you really listening to me, uh, hear me go heavy, heavily into detail into game reviews, or more like commentary about the team, and what's kind of going on out there? So, a couple of topics that are kind of like the, cur- the current and future situations with the Wild. More or less, future is current with uh, Brock Faber, you can say, with future considerations with Brock Faber. Oh, I had something up and I lost it, so I'll have to pick it up here in a moment. But, yeah, the Brock Faber part isn't something I need to pick up. Talk is, are you ready? Well, you probably heard it already, and if you haven't heard it, that uh, Brock Faber, you know, obviously he burned last year, or he he burned last year, uh, one of the years of his uh, entry-level contract, pardon me. So, obviously, after next season, when the stupid cap crap is finally over, the extension would kick in. As for the extension for Brock Faber, we could be looking at eight years, eight million per. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! You better believe it. Yeah, uh, sure. What cap space? Cap space? Don't talk about cap space. You kidding me? Cap space? I just hope we can sign a player. Another player. Sorry. I, sorry, I, I, I guess. Uh, also, okay, cap space, not a huge issue with uh, this one. The, the uh, Winnipeg Jets placed Declan Crystal. I'm not Declan Goff or, or, uh, or Jared Goff or anybody like that. Declan Crystal on waivers a couple of days ago. Chris, uh, and I keep saying the name, Mom. It's, 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 it's actually Schism. It looks like Chris Holm, but it's, it's Schism. How do you go off with that one? Schism? Well, at least he's not a schism. I know, I'm being stupid here. 24 years of age, smooth skating, puck transporting. So he moves the puck well. Puck transporting. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Left-handed defenseman who has played in two NHL games this year. So, yes. um, And he believed that he will be claimed and blah, blah, blah. The Wild ended up claiming him. Hashtag Go Jets Go. So, yes, Go Jets Go. No, yeah, go away. But, no, they're doing well this year, unfortunately. Uh, Schism, if if he's a regular, uh, I'm probably still mispronouncing it, but uh, he'll likely play over Alex Golikowski, but talk is he'll be, I mean, also, he'll probably start with Iowa. But it would be nice probably to give someone a chance here, obviously, over the Golikowski. Uh, there's also a bigger question as, as if the Wild will carry eight defense and replace John Merrill or Dakota Mermis on waivers at some point. I think everybody would prefer the previous between those two, between Merrill and Mermis. So, yeah, we're going to go on from that, though. But, uh, yep, the Wild did make that claim. We also claimed uh, Will Butcher, or uh, traded for Will Butcher, excuse me. Uh, we traded away the prospect uh, that uh, Derek liked in the uh, ECHL, was in the AHL for a little bit. As well, I'm going to look at that name again. I believe Cha, he's from Czechoslovakia, if I remember correctly. You know what's funny? I was looking for him on the Minnesota Wild. I wish we could just have one Wild and one Iowa. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It would make things like a little, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that make things more simple? Like the Iowa, I don't know, wilderness and the, uh, I don't know, South Dakota heartlanders or something. I mean, come on. It's so annoying. (sighs) I know I'm a baby. Maxim, uh, I had the name before. Uh, it's it's Kovic, so I, I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly as well. But uh, yeah, he was traded ultimately for Will Butcher. So Will Butcher is coming to Iowa at the moment. More of a minor league uh, player, but unfortunately, what's crazy is how good he was uh, 
a few years ago with the New Jersey Devils when he got really going. It was crazy. He was a 40-point defenseman. And it's like it just kind of got worse and worse and worse and worse. Not really sure what happened to him. Uh, I think it's the darndest thing. Born in 95, so he's 29 years of age. Will Butcher. He's been kind of uh, around the league a bit. He's been with the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. Never played with the Penguins. So, of course, the connections with the Penguins. You know how, man, Bill Guerin's definitely from Boston, isn't he? As, uh, well, people from Minnesota are really bad like this, too. You have to know them first. You know, it's just, uh, it's annoying. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, opportunities are less and less if you don't know the person. You know, it's kind of annoying. But, yeah, he played with the Denver Pioneers. Probably won six national championships. But, uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. New Jersey Devils. Yeah, I mean, what a great start to the career, though. I mean, he was like a 44-point defenseman as a rookie in the National Hockey League coming out of uh, Denver. That's insane. The next year, 30 points. The next year, 21. Notice a trend. And then the next year, only only 11, but he only played 23 games. That was 2021, one of those, you know, that was that in-between year. 1920 was obviously, yeah, we know what that was. Buffalo Sabres, only 37 games the next year, 21-22, uh, and only 8 points. And then was a star with the Texas Stars, I guess. Yay. Uh, 43 points of the Texas Stars. So going from a 44-point rookie defenseman, coming out of college, though. He wasn't like he's 18 or anything, or 20. Um, coming out of four years of college. 40-point um, defenseman to the AHL, basically. And he was with the uh, Wilkes, Bear, Scanton, Penguins. And now he's played one game with the Iowa Wild so far. And, uh, yeah, so that's Will Butcher's. Uh, that's the conversation of Will Butcher. As for uh, Chrism, yeah, again, he's more of a... Uh, more of a, yeah, I'm not, of course I didn't spell it right, but yeah, he's of course more of a, uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, I see, there is no R. That's what throws you off. That's what it is, his all. Hism, yeah, hism. <laughs> Definitely an interesting one. He has played in, what, two NHL games so far this year, two NHL games the year before. Uh, outstanding with the OHL, over a point a game in his last year there. The Peterborough Peets, fifth round pick by the Winnipeg Jets, was uh, Declan. 69 points in 59 games in the OHL in 1920. So that's a big, big, uh, you know, comparison or big, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big difference, we'll say, from uh, Will Butcher, unfortunately, you know, in terms of that time, obviously was dominating in the OHL. So much younger, only 24 years of age. And with the Manitoba Moose, formerly Minnesota Moose, many years ago, <laughs> And it's ironic, yeah, because that's Winnipeg. Like, the, the Minnesota was going to get the Winnipeg Jets, like, target center, right? <laughs> and instead, Winnipeg, uh, that, that Jets team moved to Phoenix, and then our Minnesota Moose moved to Winnipeg. It was like, wow, double slap in the face, huh? But, yes, he's productive at the AHL level so far, is Chrism. Uh, <laughs> uh, 43 points in 59 games in 22-23 with the Manitoba Moose. Five points in six games this year. Not sure what... Uh, What's going on? But yeah, he played. So I guess he was pretty much on the NHL roster, but was scratched. That's kind of how you look at this and kind of put it together here. Um, but very productive. Really, he's an offensive defense, and there's no doubt about it. So we'll see. I mean, it's, we'll see. I don't want to spend three hours talking about uh, Declan Crystal yet, but maybe he may end up becoming something. And I say, why the heck not? Obviously, it's it's okay. It's not like it's not like it's a bad move. Obviously, uh. Kakovich had, had some kind of a future. Kakovich, Kakovich had a future possibly, but 
I think uh, Chrism does as well. And Winnipeg really wasn't uh, too excited about letting him go necessarily, but they kind of had to, you know, that type of thing with the cell, uh, with you know, with roster positions and such. So they were they were kind of too full, I guess. This is one of those type of deals. At least that's what the conversation is. I'm probably stepping on myself here, but uh, uh, other conversation though that's actually pretty darn significant. This is probably more in the prospect conversation, and I could save it for that. I think I will. Um, this could almost be like a two-segment show, actually. Yes, let's make it a two-segment show. <laughs> On-air meeting here with myself and you. Yes, because you're helping me decide, right? <laughs> so I'm going to have this all be one segment, and then the fan interaction be the next segment. Let's just keep it simple here. Why split into the three segments? Uh, so that'd be kind of weird. And, of course, I'll get to the, um, the ad from uh, DraftKings in that segment, the second segment, as expected. So, kind of prospect and preview conversation. I mean, uh, should I even bother previewing the Blackhawks? I guess so. I mean, it's that is that next camp. That's the next game coming up after the All-Star weekend and such. Hope you have fun, I guess, watching either the All-Star game or the Pro Bowl or not watching anything. I'm maybe going on a bike ride because it might be nice and warm warm enough at least to do that on Sunday. Maybe get a break from sports a little bit. Listen to Brave the Wild. Listen to a Crease and Assist podcast or a Crease podcast. Yep, Crease and Assist podcast and enjoy that very much. So in, possible injuries going into the Blackhawks game. Obviously this isn't until February 7th so who knows. Guys might recover along the way. Obviously Connor Bedard's out forever with that uh, broken jaw. Uh, apparently yeah, out of the lineup for at least uh, two months as of the beginning of January but it could extend even longer. That's a conversation there. Pat Maroon undisclosed. Marcus Foligno, well, he was out for Saturday. Connor Dewar's on injured reserve. Yep, so he's out for a while. Connor Murphy. Connor, 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 and Connor. Uh, injured reserve, Jan 16th. It's a defense in for the Blackhawks. Nikita Zaitsev. Hopefully I pronounced that one correctly. Also injured reserve. Nasty night on the 16th for the Blackhawks. Losing two defensemen. Uh, injured reserve. So, all right. Blackhawks are a last place organization, 14, 34, and 2, and maybe, or maybe not, Connor Bedard will not get the, uh, with the way things might be heading, he may not end up with the Calder Cup, so we'll see. The 32nd in goals, 30th in goals against, 32nd in assists, 32nd in power play, 32nd in shooting percentage, wow, they suck. (laughs) Penalty kill, 27th, it's better than the wild by 3%. Penalty minutes, they're way better than us in that. Uh, penalty kill. Power play, excuse me, the Wild are 17th now, but the worst power play in the league in the Blackhawks. And the 27th best power play. The Wild need to win the game. Well, I don't know. It's almost like who cares, right? Four straight losses for the Blackhawks. They're trying to get the number one pick again. We'll see where things go there. They have scored two goals in four games. So that's pretty pathetic. Gee, it's just two goals against Seattle, otherwise getting shut out by Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary, respectively. Wow, and we think we suck. Whew. But you know what? I think a lot of us would say, go ahead and suck. Let's get a top pick in the draft, top three pick. Pray to God you don't get slid down to fifth or something stupid. But what would be the odds? Of, uh, yeah, I guess it's happened before. Huh? Timberwolves were hoping for a number one pick, and we got J.R. Ryder, fifth pick in the draft. Old Frozen Pipes himself. Wow. Yep, sounds like the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> the Wild did beat the Blackhawks on Sunday, December the 3rd, and then we have an upcoming game on the 7th, blah, 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 and then April 7th, a couple months later, 
when we'll definitely be talking about riding bikes if we're not under uh, a surprise 18-inch snowfall in April again, like we had years ago. So we'll see how that turns out. The Wild should win the game. I mean, you know, it's just because, just because by default, that kind of thing. We're 17 points ahead of the Blackhawks. We're the next worst team in the division, and we're 17 points ahead of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Let that sink in. I, I just, uh, wow, that's amazing. 17. Like, we're talking the doldrums of hockey hell. The the hockey underworld. That That's where the Blackhawks are right now. And, yeah, um, I don't know what I'm looking at here. <laughs> the Wild will beat the Blackhawks by a final score of 5-2. to 5-2, two. to two, the Wild will beat the Blackhawks. Let's uh, look at the Blackhawks a teeny tiny bit before we move on. Preter Muzik, uh 2.92 goals against average. Pretty respectable considering what he's got in front of him. 91% save percentage and a shutout. He's even a possible backup uh, fantasy goalie for some of you out there. Bedard, in the small amount of games he played, was insanely productive and, you know, was on his way to the Calder Cup. But, I don't know. 33 points, 15 goals, and 18 assists. They signed a lot of veterans and such that are, like, you know, 90 years old. Nick Foligno's way up there. Seth Jones, way up there in age. Bedard in only 39 games. So, yeah, he'd actually played 39 games. Corey Perry, I believe he signed with the Edmonton Oilers. He was let go from the Blackhawks because what's the point? Corey Perry, Edmonton Oilers. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, Vlasic, wow, the former Shark. I used to call him the Pickle Man. No, I think that's a different guy. Can't be the same one. Um, yeah, Jared Tenorti, yep, Mark Tenorti, yes, yes, yes. Ryan Donato, yes, the former Wild player. 14 points in 46 games. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but again, when it's a team that's struggling this bad, I think everybody's kind of hurting each other in a way. Not intentionally, it's just kind of the way it goes. It's not working out. In Chicago, the Wild win 5-2. to two. Most likely guy to score will be Matt Boldy. Because, uh, he's, he's been picking it up again of late, but uh, obviously a hot and cold season for Matt and Bo- Matt Boldy, kind of like last year. 33 points in 42 games for Matt Boldy, respectively. Brock Faber still on course for upper 40s, low 50s for points, and a Calder Cup type of candidate. Absolutely a finalist, I think. And could be looking at $8 million a year for eight years. Eight million a year for eight years. So, okay, all right, sounds good, sounds good. Okay, let's jump into the prospects and some prospect conversation and all of this. So, I'm going to refer to the athletic right here. So there was the uh, Q and A with uh, Michael Russo and Joe Smith, not the former Timberwolf. I know, I'm just kidding. Who is the next prospect that will make an impact, Matthew J? So thank you, Matthew J. Right. <laughs> um, Smith, that'd be Joe Smith, says Jesper Volstead is the easy answer, as despite his shaky NHL debut in Dallas, the touted goalie prospect is expected to have a tandem role alongside Philip Gusses in next season. Damon Hunt has already got some games and could become more of a regular. I, I hope so. Michael Milne, interesting, would be a guy I'd look for. Michael Milne, that's the one that was kind of off my radar. He'd, he'd look out for him as well, especially if the Wild end up moving on from the likes of Brandon Jaheim and or Connor Dewar, because there's a possibility, yeah, that one or both of those guys will be gone, especially when you hear the next name that's going to be brought up by Michael Russo. Um, Joe Smith describes uh, Michael Milne as a Swiss Army knife player with a ton of speed. Adam Beckman, uh, oof, in his next shot, needs to show he can finish. Yeah, that's kind of like uh, that's like asking for rain on a clear sky, or yeah, clear skies on a rainy day. That's kind of how things have been going for Adam Beckman. 
Yeah, if you could score Adam Beckman like once in a blue moon, yeah, that would be great. Yes, I'm in a weird mood today, but do you blame me? Of course I'm in a weird mood because, I don't know, it's not been a fun season. And I have a very weird poll coming up too, so I get ready for that one. You'll notice the theme, I keep talking about the weather. Wonder why that is. Hmm. Um, Russo's comment is Daniel Yarov has star potential. And I'm sa- and here it is. Here's the kicker. I'm sensing the Wild may sign Merritt Husnadinov after his season ends February 25th, burn the first year of his entry-level contract, and start him right away in the National Hockey League. Well, all right then. <laughs> okay. Uh, the continuance, uh, he has 16 points in 38 games for Suchi. Three points in the game on Sunday. Yeah, that was a big one because he'd been so quiet. He can play wing and center, has a ton of pro experience already at 21. He's only 21, yep. So it would make sense for the Wild to get a head start on seeing what they have in him heading into next season. So what do you think of that? Nice, nice scoops, uh, Michael Russo, of course. And it's Michael Russo. He's the godfather of Minnesota Wild. Uh, writing and such, so yeah, it's not a huge surprise, but at the same time, awesome, uh, awesome, awesome uh, hits there. That was awesome nuggets there from Michael Russo and Joe Smith as well. That's an interesting one, Michael Milne, huh? Huh. I think Derek liked him too, though. So yeah, like he's he's fast. So that's a, being fast helps. It does. If, if you can't skate, you probably can't play in the NHL. If you're like, well, no kidding. But, I mean, if you're like a meh skater, like meh, you're probably not going to get far. You know, like Ben Wapulia. Like, all of his highlights were kind of like the same highlight over and over and over and over and over. Oh, the Canucks acquired Elias Lindholm from the Calgary Flames. Interesting. Canucks, the rich get richer, eh? As they like to say, the rich get richer. All right, speaking of rich getting richer, hopefully the wild prospects continue to get richer and richer. I already talked about Huznadinov. Let's look at Pavel Novak real quick with the Iowa Hardlanders. Now 15 games, 11 points, 7 goals, 4 assists. That's the Iowa Hardlanders. He's definitely the main guy of excitement there because really the other guy was traded, Kaskovic, to the uh, to get Will Butcher. So, well, we wanted a defenseman, damn it. Uh, we got two of them. One that's, you know, 29 and, you know, started off really fast and hit the brakes, I guess, for some reason. I don't know what happened, poor guy. Iowa Wild, Iowa Wild. A little bit. Uh, Nick Baton leading them in scoring. How exciting. Uh, Sam Walker, Sammy Walker, has been racking up the assists for quite a while now. 25 points on the season in 39 games. Those are not exactly jumping out at you or anything, but still, he's the number two scorer on the entire team. So, I guess that's good. Damon Hunt, now 21 games, still 9 points. Ryan O'Rourke, 40 games, 9 points. Carson Lambos, 11 points as he's been catching up. He's been picking up 3 goals and 8 assists. Now his play has been picking up offensively of late. Uh, Caden Benkier, also 9, point, uh, nine points pardon me, in 20 games. It's not too bad, but again, it's not like holy crap or anything. You know, it's, it's a half a point a game, uh, which is pretty much where Adam Beckman is, slightly above that. 19 points in 35 games. Um, but yeah, Lambos, nice to see. Nice to see. He is now the leading scorer of defensemen at the AHL level, though I wouldn't doubt Damon Hunt would have that because he's played about half the games as Carson Lambos, so I'll put that into perspective. As uh, Damon Hunt is closer, obviously he's a year older. He was drafted a year earlier, blah, blah, blah. You get the point. 
So very encouraging. Also, our friend Mason Shaw with a couple goals. Uh, he had one earlier, and then he had a multi-goal game just a few days ago. Now three goals in five games. Mason Shaw, but obviously the skating is the skating and the speed is definitely not there yet because of uh, you know. Skating in the speed is definitely not there yet because we're still recovering and will it come back, which has definitely been a concern. Um, Derek talked about that on the Crease Assist podcast because, well, four ACLs is pretty hefty and you're trying to play hockey. You need your entire leg, basically, you know, your knee, your thigh, blah, blah, blah. You can go on all day. Ankles, of course. Yeah, which would probably not be good for me skating. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Mason Shaw, obviously, again, a bit sluggish in terms of his skating because of, well, well, we'll see if he'll be able to come back from it, but still productive offensively, if you can believe it. So kind of cool, and obviously the tough son of a gun he has. 24 years of age from, from Wayne Wright, Alberta. Wayne Wright, Alberta. He's actually 25. Why is this always wrong? I can just look right at it and do the math in my head, like, duh. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, Michael Milne, yeah, we'll see. He recovered from a major injury as well, and uh, he's doing all, he's doing okay. And interesting to hear from Joe Smith that he could possibly be an NHL prospect because of his speed. So that's kind of cool. <sighs> At the end of the day, so we're off of Iowa and Iowa, <laughs> Iowa and Iowa. Oh, are you kidding me, guys? Right? <laughs> Jack Pert, sorry for the noise. It's yeah stuff moving around in this place. It's, it's just a little bit distracting, a little bit. Okay, seven points for uh, can you blame me? Seven points for Jack Pert in 24 games. Obviously, again, very defensive-minded player. I say this almost every show. I, rem I remember hearing him, I swear, I probably had him mixed up with someone else, like way back when we first got him as more of an offensive type of guy and it's like, no, he's the opposite. He's more of a Brodeen type. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'll take the Brodeen type any day of the dang week as long as he's productive at the NHL level. Uh, obviously, can keep up and, and uh, well, and score some points. I mean, you don't want him to be like a zero. <laughs> I'll never forget, Brock Faber last year, nothing, right? The whole you know, few games he was in the, uh, in, in the regular season and into the postseason, not a single point, but was like, you know, didn't give up a single goal either. Like, phenomenal defense. It's like, okay, well, maybe he'll get 18 points or something, you know, just by default. You know, he'll be out there. He'll be a factor. He'll get, like, uh, at least 10, 11, 12 points. Yeah, more like closer to 50. I just talk about exceeding expectations. Holy smokes. Should I go to Nate Benoit? I'd like to see him exceed expectations. Yeah, maybe score five points. <laughs> 11 games and one assist for North Dakota. Oh, Nate, I'm sorry. I, just in case you, you or your family are listening by, by some miracle, I, I know, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude to you. Yep, that's the trade. That's sorry. So, obviously, Josh Pilar's long gone, so on and so forth. Petrovsky, people have been, uh, yep, he's had some good weeks. Obviously, he's, he's been kind of up and down. He was the prospect of the week about two weeks ago with MNW Young Guns. 30 games, 36 games, pardon me, 35 points, uh, 13 goals, 22 assists for Petrovsky. Spachik, who obviously is at the AHL level, still learning, but, you know, now he's got six points. Okay. Went from four to six. Not too bad. 31 games. So we'll continue to move on from one to another. But Spachek, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, obviously, I think he has a ton of talent. And there's definitely something there. Pretty nice fifth-round pick uh, by by uh, Brackett and Garen, of course. 
Ryan Healy, obviously a great week a couple weeks ago, and still almost a point a game for Harvard. I always have fun with that one. 19 games, 18 points, 8 goals, 10 assists, and remember, he is a right-shot defenseman from Chicago. So, Chicago and Harvard. Interesting combo there. Ryan Healy has definitely taken a huge step forward. I look forward to seeing what Ryan Healy might be able to do at the NHL level, or at least the AHL level. Lorenz, who also has taken a nice step forward. Not as big as Healy. I mean, Healy's taken a huge step forward from uh, freshman to sophomore. Sophomore regular Lorenz of the National Power Denver Pioneers. Well, they're, they're typically up there anyway. 26 games, 8 goals, 9 assists, 17 points. So definitely, again, not like Milne's level, but definitely a step ahead of last year when he was barely seeing any ice time, hardly. Uh, not much opportunities. So we'll see. Hunter Haight had a really good week. He finished second, I believe, for the, um, what do they call it? The <laughs> He finished second this past week for the prospect of the week. He's now L over a point a game, and he's ahead of last year's pace, finally. So, or at least he's right about there. But he officially has more points than last year, but there's more games as well. So that's good. That big week definitely helped. 20 goals, 33 assists. So kind of slightly ahead of last year's pace. Daniil Yurov is the prospect of the week because... <laughs> Oh my goodness! What did he have like? <laughs> what did he have like four four points or something? Or no, five five points in like three games or something. So continuing to be spectacular, uh, star potential according to Michael Russo. Fifty three games, forty three points, nineteen goals, twenty four assists. Uh, obviously, again, this is the KHL level, and that's why I was like, uh, they gave me the deciding vote because it was kind of like a kind of like a back and forth between Yurov and Hunter Hate, but to me, it's got to be year off, because it's the KHL, and yeah, I agree with Russo, he definitely has star potential, he's a, obviously a good passer, but he can score goals now as well, like I said, 19 goals, 24 assists, worth 43 points at the KHL level, and Kirill Kaprizov, you know, he's not far behind Kirill Kaprizov, and that's insanely exciting, so what an awesome, awesome line that could be someday, Kaprizov left, year off right, in between maybe a Jewel Eriksson-Eck, or something along those lines, uh, Barco Rossi, however you want to look at that. So at least the future looks pretty bright. Liam Ogren, who hopefully will be an excellent left winger as well with the Minnesota Wild, probably second line, obviously, with the <laughs> is probably his, t- his main potential right now with Minnesota, unless we are, uh, or yeah, I mean, and, and de- depending on how we're able to keep uh, Kirill Kaprizov, who could be seeking $11 million a year. Again, what cap space again? So, unfortunately, I think we're going to... We're talking about cap space and everything once uh, the pre suitor contracts are finally uh, gone. You know, the you know the, the bios are finally over. But uh, what cap space? You know what I mean? It, pre- it won't be as bad, I guess, but... <laughs> well, yeah, what cap space? Over <laughs> five goals, one assist so far. Swedish Hockey League in 13 games. Remember, he started the season late with the shoulder injury, of course. Of course he did. Jimmy Clark with the Minnesota Gophers, 9 points in 26 games, 4 goals, 5 assists. Minnesota Golden Gophers, of course. Kalen Paka. Moose Jaw Warriors. Definitely uh, yep, yeah, was uh, traded from the Victoria Royals to the Moose Jaw Warriors in the Western Hockey League. 29 points for the right shot defenseman. Yes, sir. Who will be turning 30, no, 20 on October 12th. So yeah, still 19 years of age. Gotta like that. 19 point, 29 points. I'm losing it. In 41 games, 5 goals, 24 assists. Aaron Pionk again. Older, 
older first-year college player at 21 years of age, coming from Hermantown. Of course, University of Minnesota Duluth, one goal, 13 assists in 25 games for that left-shot defenseman there. Riley Height, back to getting back to higher heights. Holy cow. Yep, another good week here. Uh, after a fairly quiet week last week, but back to being red hot again. 46 games, 82 points. Just owning the WHL. 27 goals, 55. I'll say that again. 55 assists. Pretty crazy. But even the 27 goals. Last year, Riley Height, 68 games, 25 goals, right? This year, 46 games, 27. So, that's called taking a step forward. He was also minus 3 last year. Now, him being Riley Height, 22 plus. So, love what Riley Height is doing. No doubt about it. Kumpelainen, Mr. Point a Game himself, but unfortunately, had <laughs> a couple games where he uh, ended up not scoring any points, did not get an assist or anything. 35 games, 19 goals, and 15 assists for 34 points for Kumpelainen. Uh, the next Miko Koivu, maybe? No, I don't know. Charlie Strammel, the next uh, Ben Wapulia, I, if at best, I don't know. I know I'm being harsh. No, I'm not being harsh. Ben Wapulia made it to the NHL and was a third-line player. Charlie, I, I hope so. <laughs> 20 games, 3 goals, 4 assists, 7 points for Chuck um, of the Wisconsin Badgers, who are definitely competitive this year under Mike Hastings. But, hmm. Charlie Strammel, I guess, on pace for last year's disappointing season. I, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty much where it is when you do the math in your head, kind of. Oh, boy. Come on, man. <laughs> that's too bad. It is a shame. He was in the World Junior Championships. Three assists. That was a while back. Yeah, that was not that long ago. But, uh, yeah, 2023 won, anyway. Yeah, three assists in seven games. But, yeah, that's before. <sighs> Hopefully Charlie Strimmel, yeah. Again, we'll see. I remember Jack McBain was pretty low scoring for a while, and then he picked it up later, and I mentioned that every show. So my apologies if I'm repeating myself. With that, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and hear from DraftKings, and then fan interaction, baby. back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two is fan interaction this week. <laughs> so because of the all-star break and such. But also, again, obviously fun conversation here. At least I hope so from your vantage point. First, we're going to hear from DraftKings before we jump right into fan interaction. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Of course, we have the Super Bowl coming up with the uh, the lines here. The spread is minus 1 for the 49ers and minus 112, I guess they call it. And a plus 2 for the Yuck City Chiefs. Minus 108 there. The money line, minus 129 for the Niners and plus 105 for the Kansas City Chiefs. And me personally, I'm rooting for the 49ers. So just in case you care to hear that, obviously there's lines in basketball right now. You don't have anything hockey related at the moment. So... Might as well talk about the Lakers and Celtics real quick. <laughs> the hmm, the money line for the Lakers, plus 500, and my, minus 700 for the Boston Celtics. 
So, yes, go get into basketball. Utah, Memphis. I'm going to look at some of these. Oh, there's only a couple of games, so let's read them all here. Indiana, yeah, it is Thursday, so probably TNT related. Uh, plus 180 for the Indiana Pacers. New York Knicks, 155. That was Eastern Conference Championships and second round and stuff back in the good old days. Cleveland Cavaliers at Memphis, minus uh, 325 for Cleveland and plus 260 for the Memphis Grizzlies, who have definitely been struggling. And again, this is the money line. 76ers plus 164, Utah Jazz minus 198 on the money line in the National Basketball Association. So, we continue from there. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas... 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 68, uh, 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and restrictions. Uh, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. So we'll continue now into fan interaction. At Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild is where we're heading there. Make sure about something real quick. Yes. Man. Uh, thanks, fellas. Yep, says Connor. Yep, thank you as well. So I should do a fist pound back. He did a fist pound, so that's cool. Uh, I don't know if I can find one. Hopefully. No, it's probably in here somewhere. There it is. Fist pound. There you go. Nope, I'm not doing that very well. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, do my best there. Yeah, so you're welcome, Connor. Nice to nice to hear from you last week. Hope to continue to hear from you as we move forward. Hashtag BTWMN. Hashtag BTWMN to keep things organized and such. Okay, we'll continue. I keep... Yep, so I guess 14 years on Twitter or X, so to speak. 14 years already. Pretty cool. They call it the X, X anniversary. <laughs> so thank you for that. Derek responds with... Uh, I do as well. It took me about three to four years to understand what notifications were. So, yep. <laughs> do I remember when you joined? Yep, yep. I remember it was a while back, and the show was already around, which tells you something. As uh, this whole group, Paladino Live Productions, like the shows I do, turned 16 years old, if you can believe it, on the 28th of January. January 28th, 2008. January 20th. 2008 so yep 16 years of age pretty ancient history so here is the weather pattern question right here <laughs> what this is a poll what weather pattern would you describe this minnesota wild season fair to partly cloudy endless dark gray mist severe thunderstorm or clear skies which one do you think got first of course it was endless dark gray mist 61 percent fair to partly cloudy and thunderstorm somehow wound up tied at 19.5 percent there's actually two days left so maybe that tie will split and not a single person voted for clear skies and i didn't think they would but i put it there anyway just in case looks like a couple responses here 
Derek Belska says, despite the high pressure front by some billy goats, it's mostly been cloudy and overcast with a little or nothing happening with a high of 34 winds, which really won't matter at all. This has been Minnesota Wild Weather. Back to you, Brave the Wild. Yep, that was great. That was awesome. I, that was awesome. I like that, Derek. <laughs> and then Teresa Ferries posts the U.S. Weather Bureau Weather Briefing Service. Yep, that was like an old, old uh, image there. And that's about it. They're using a Ouija board. That's what she's trying to... Wow, they're using a Ouija board to predict the weather. Ooh-wee, that would be scary. <laughs> Ouija board. <laughs> but that's about it, isn't it? <laughs> that means it'll be 100% wrong every time because... Yeah, let's leave that alone. Anyhow, Derek Felska says, yep, that's the one that's about the high pressure. And Steve Snyder, nice to hear from you again, says, uh, will Merrill be on the roster after the break? Will Fleury be dealt to chase one last cup? Hockey Day Minnesota 2025 in Shakopee at Valley Fair? Interesting, I think. Yes, that is interesting. Valley Fair. You don't really think about Valley Fair in the winter, do we? So that's pretty weird. <sighs> After the Ulster break, Merrill, well, with the way things are going, I guess, but hopefully the the Chrisom move might help push Merrill somewhere else. But I don't know. They just, they, they've just they just stuck with him, even though they know he's not good. They've stuck with him anyway. And he got his second goal the other game. Ooh, so second goal. <laughs> just kind of happened to have his stick in the right place as Zuccarillo was shooting the puck on net, right? That kind of thing. But, um, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing he'll still be here. Ugh, but who knows? I think they need to make that move. I think most people would agree, right, Steve? So, Derek Felska says, Will we see any firings among the Minnesota Wild coaching staff after this season or will they simply blame injuries and they will get a free pass? I wouldn't be surprised if someone's gone. I, I, I'm not going to speculate as to who. Now, Maybe that is it for now because like Bob Woods is pretty much gone, done and dusted, that type of thing. But may, maybe also John Hines wants to bring in somebody that he that he knows. That could be that kind of combination of things, like somebody you know that you figure might need to be replaced, and then Hines brings in at least one other person. So I would be surprised if there's one. Maybe again, I, I'm not able to speculate as to who because it's kind of hard to say. Obviously, the special teams have been up and down, but slightly better, I guess kind of, lately, sort of, but not really. The team's not winning or anything. Uh, again, this is the Derek Felscott lightning round because it has returned. Yes, sir. We continue. Again, he is the host of Crease, uh, the, the Crease podcast with Teresa Ferries and Kalisha Townsell, who I don't think was on the last episode. But, you know, that's the thing about having multiple people. You know, somebody could take a break for whatever reason or they're, you know, busy, whatever. Me, I just keep coming back somehow, some way, and if I can't, I let you know. <laughs> With the Minnesota Wild fall, uh, falling flat on its face to a terrible Ducks team prior to the break, do you think Bill Guerin will ever publicly announce his role in his, in the season's failure, or will he rationalize it? Dead cap hits, injuries, excuses. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I don't know. That's probably about what Bill Guerin will say. Uh, you know, it's a uh, I would like to see him announce his role in the season's failure. I, I would. 
I would, but I wouldn't doubt he's going to probably say it's going to be more like dead. Uh, he, he won't say the dead caps. He he he's. I think he's been generally good about that. Other than I guess you know it is what it is. He'll kind of give you that conversation. We we knew we were going to be facing this, and then he'll probably he'll probably will. Yeah, he'll probably will lean that way. He'll probably rationalize it, and maybe he'll. It'll be like it'll be like he'll take a little bit of blame while adding that in. If you know what I mean, it'll be somewhere in the middle. Which sounds pathetic and sad, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle, if that's an okay response to that one, because that sounds right. Emin um, Johan says, "Yep, it's Bill Guerin's fault," and then Derek Felser has never said it was just him, but he certainly played a role in it. Yeah, I mean, of course. Emin um, Johan continues saying, "I don't think." I've ever heard him not take responsibility for his team's performance, but also why would one not mention those same circumstances as reasons for lack of success this year? Not excuses, but contributing factors. Okay. That's well said. Um, and Derek says, uh-huh, no excuses. Only to trot out excuses about cap hits. He also hasn't owned up to his mistakes or ever admitted making any. Which, yeah, that's that's true. That is true. Yep. Ooh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Sega CD, 32X, and Sega Saturn were major failures, at least in the U.S. for the Saturn. Yeah, the Saturn wasn't as good as it could have been, was it? Um, what was the single biggest failure in the Minnesota Wild this season, and which of those three systems would you compare it to? Ooh. Uh, which? Which of the... Let's see... What is the single biggest failure and which system would I compare it to? Interesting. Mm. Single biggest failure. Mm. It's like you, you want to say goaltending, but no, you can't. It's It has to be defensemen, uh, except for Brock Faber. And of course, again, you had injuries to certain players like Spurgeon and Brodeen. Brodeen came back and has played well. Uh, Middleton's kind of been up and down. He's had some good games, some bad games. Bogosian's been steady, but he, you can only get so much, so on and so forth. Uh, Merrill and Goligoski, yeah, well, you get the idea there. Um, I think it's generally been the defenseman, generally. I guess if it's like a certain... Ah, oh, man, it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough to... Well, it's probably special teams, really. It's special teams. Oops, I just closed it. Oh, that was real good. <laughs> Luckily, I can get right back, but, oh, that was dumb. Sorry. <laughs> uh, special teams. Yeah, special teams overall. I, I shouldn't just point fingers at the defenseman, even though it's not like they've been this perfect thing. So, um, special teams, generally speaking, when you consider how, yeah. Like, again, power play 17th, finally something. Hallelujah. I remember earlier in the year, there was like it was like at the bottom of the league. Penalty kill is pathetic. Like the pe Penalty kill. So it's not just special teams, it's the penalty kill combined with the penalty minutes. So it's, because those two things work together. I, absolutely. You put yourself on the penalty kill with your penalty minutes and you suck at the penalty kill. So that has the single biggest failure for the Minnesota Wild. And I would compare the penalty kill with the penalty minutes with the 32X. The worst of all. Because there was nothing really good about the 32X. Like, the music quality was horrendous. You listen to Doom on the 32X versus the Super Nintendo, it's incredibly bad, other than the good graphics, I guess. Um, the good, the, 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 well, kind of good graphics. They're not that great. 
they're kind of like 80s arcade graphics, which is okay, but I don't know. It's supposed to be like 32-bit, whatever. <sighs> this woman. Um, but <laughs> the... Um, Yeah, it's a 32X. There was pretty much nothing good. Where Sega CD had some incredibly good games, and the Saturn did as well. So there was at least some good attributes about those two, where the 32X, other than decent graphics, it was pretty much awful. Uh, obviously, Doom on the 32X had better graphics than the Super Nintendo, but the sound quality was, was unacceptable pretty much on the 32X. It was like Atari on crack. That's pretty much what it sounded like. So that would be the Wild's Penalty Minutes combined with a Penalty Kill. Um, Mike Mokov65 says, Right now, the wild compared to Intellivision with 6K memory, <laughs> everyone wants to point fingers, but to be real, 13 million in dead cap plays or buys some good talent and injuries do hurt. Derek wanted to share that to me, so yes, thank you for that, Mike and, and Derek there. Um, yeah, that was kind of cool. Absolutely, 32x. Penalties combined with penalty kill. So I gave you a better answer at the end of the day. Here we go. Uh, how many games would you guess newly acquired defense and Declan uh, Chrisholm, Chrism, Chrism plays for the Minnesota Wild this season? How many games? Well, if they wise up and... Jesus Christ. If they wise up, sorry. If they wise up, they'll probably... Uh, feel, I could see him getting double-digit games, and I kind of say, why not? I, I would like to believe that... Uh, Unless we're just married to Goligoski and Merrill and don't want to make some kind of a waiver move, I think uh, he should get he should get double-digit games, like 10, 15-ish games or so. Otherwise, <laughs> with the way we seem to be married to Merrill and Goligoski more than we, more than, I mean, you know, we, we seem to be more than we should be, he might play zero for all we know until maybe next year or something. Uh, back, uh, Derek continues, back and hip injuries normally are life-changing kinds of procedures for most people. Do you think Jared Spurgeon will be as good as new once he returns, or will he be a shadow of his former self? Are you ready for this? Shadow of his former self. I think we're screwed. Yep. I don't have a good outlook on Jared Spurgeon, and I honestly thought this whole season he was a shadow of his former self anyway. And even into last year, just... Uh, he started losing me last year, and it's nothing personal. It's business. I just didn't think he was good. and I didn't think he was that good last year. It's, it's like, oh, goody, Jared Spurgeon, you know? He exists. Woo-hoo, you know? <laughs> kind of like that, uh, you know, <laughs> the other show, um, Fireside Chat. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. <laughs> Yay, he exists. It was kind of like that out there when he actually did play. Um, and, yeah, he gets hurt way too much anyway, and... I think it's a shadow of his former self, and it's another albatross contract on the Minnesota Wild. Another one. Jay Bushy will wrap up. No, nope. There's a couple more. Jay Bushy will jump in quickly and say, "I really don't see the Wild doing anything, doing anything after the break, but continuing their lackluster play. At this point, I'd rather miss the playoffs and get a high pick." Your thoughts? I agree. I'd rather miss the playoffs and get a high pick. Hmm. I yep. Yeah, I would definitely rather that. It's. It's only for the best. This, this, there's no point in uh, pretending anymore, and that's kind of in a lot of ways like the title of this episode. If I can, if I put it out there, like stop pretending. It's time for the wild to stop pretending. At the end of the day, this might be another one, unless this is one that you already. Yep. Six K memory. 
And we wrap things up with Derek again. According, yep, according to NHL insider Kevin Weeks, a county in Georgia has approved the building of an arena outside of Atlanta with the stipulation that it will have an NHL tenant. With Arizona, with Arizona's situ, uh, with Arizona's will they, or won't they, uh, will they, won't they situation ongoing. Is this the right time to expand? It could be just because of the new TV contracts that have come out. I mean, I, I, I think that helps. But, yeah, and you, you got to think that Arizona at some point, at very least, could relocate uh, to a uh, uh, maybe like a better, more committed market at the end of the day, be it Utah, be it Quebec City, be it Houston, Texas, uh, something like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just go ahead and go through it. At the end of the day, the only bad part is I think we're back to an odd number again, which is annoying. So that might be the one thing. Otherwise, maybe the Arizona Coyotes could move to Atlanta. What a concept, right? <laughs> That's the other possibility, I guess. If we really have to have Atlanta in the NHL. Otherwise, Arizona, Salt Lake City, Quebec City, or stay in Arizona, which I don't know. I've always liked the Arizona Coyotes, but it has not been a success, generally speaking. Just a couple of good years here and there. And occasionally during those times, they finally had some good, uh, you know, revenue coming into the building. With that said, that should wrap up the fan interaction segment. And, um, well, give a couple shout-outs here. Minnesota Wild Global, of course, with Scott Cavendish. Minnesota Wild Nation with uh, Patrick Turner coming on out of Florida. MNW Young Guns, thank you guys so much, very much. Love being a part of that and keeping up with the prospects of the Minnesota Wild. Always hoping there's another... Uh, hero to help save the day, so to speak. Could be like a Dadilla, you're off, and guys like that. So there's hope, but hopefully hopefully that hope translates into the NHL and not just uh, spectacular elsewhere, uh, you know, like Riley Height and such. So hopefully he can become something special as well in the next few years. So we shall wait and see how things go with that. Um, obviously, the Crease Assist podcast, outstanding. I mentioned it a few times, and I mention it always because it's a great, great podcast. Highly recommended, of course. Uh, just want to thank all of you so much for listening. If you haven't given a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes or Spotify or any other app that allows you to do that, please do. Uh, also, Brave the Wild is now on YouTube and YouTube Music. It's mostly YouTube Music, but it kind of automatically goes on YouTube as well. Still in podcast form, so it's like the logo streaming basically with the, the show. So... Yes, with whatever episode it is. Like in this one, it's going to be Stop Pretending. I'm thinking that's the title of this episode. If it's different, I apologize. <laughs> Come up with something at the last second, but that's pretty much what I'm leaning towards. Um, so yeah, we're on YouTube now. So yeah, we have another tentacle to the show. Also because Google Podcast is going to go away on April the 2nd. So that uh, YouTube Music is now the alternate for the app. It's the new destination basically for Google Podcasts in a lot of ways. So that's kind of where things go. If anything, I think it's just a better way to uh, restrict people a little more. So I won't tell you as to why, but I can sure, I've sure noticed that already with some, some things. So with some people anyway, other people out there. With that said, have yourself a wonderful week. Uh, enjoy the Ulster game if you want to. Otherwise, enjoy the great outdoors because it's been nice out. Until next week, take care and um, go draft pick.